raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Six. Good morning to each and every one of you. Hello and happy that you're here with us this morning. I'm Terry Lynn Stacy. Hey, I'm Denny Paul Smith. There's Denny Paul Smith. And hey, I'm Kylan Maytally. Kylan Maytally, who is another day older. Birthday. Oh, it's my. your birthday. I love it. My niece's birthday is pretty close to mine as well, and I sang her your birthday song yesterday. Oh, yeah? I was pretty proud. <laughs> she was loving it. She's like, I don't know what this is, but I'm ready for cake. Uh, <laughs> well, happy birthday, kiddo. Happy birthday, Many to more thank to you. come, Gosh, I yeah. hope. She's the sweetest angel, uh, truly, and and working hard and amazing. She and is really a talented, talented oh actress. She's performing right now as the Ice Queen or something. Oh, what I can never remember what it's called. I like that uh, upgrade. It's Ice Princess. Ice Princess. I mean, all the same, right? She's yep. an Ice Princess at the Indianapolis Zoo mm-hmm. for uh, their Christmas presentation every year you know christmas at the zoo is traditional and she's there come get your pictures with santa and with the ice princess there you go and she usually has really neat eye makeup on yeah beautiful she's sparkly and uh, it's fun to dress up i'm not crazy about what they've done with her hair but i I haven't seen that part (laughs) yeah it looks like a big snowball on top of my head but i guess i just rolled down a hill and i'm a little bit icy you can't be mad about it icicle crown what's the name of the snowman in frozen olaf (gasps) you look like olaf i like warm hugs yeah (laughs) we're gonna hear from uh elsa in the next half hour performing in frozen and Kylan went to see it. It is spectacular. Magical. Magical. And it runs for a couple of weeks. So we've got details for you coming now, up on that. Is it a girl thing or will guys like it too? Oh, guys will love it. Oh, yeah. okay. All the guys were cracking up when I watched it. Oh, okay. They kept leaning over, whispering to each other. <laughs> Did you hear that joke? Did you see that? All right. All right. <laughs> They'll enjoy it. Hey, a quick shout out. First day Facebook fan of the day, Mike Gibson. Hi, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Good Michael. morning to you. We're glad that you're here. It's time to thaw your turkey. Today is the day. You know. I thought we could do happy birthday at least, but well, that one's, I that that one's, one's new. better. Today you take your frozen turkey out. Today's when you start that's, thawing. That's right. Before. And, and thaw it in the refrigerator. Yep. Don't thaw it outside the you know refrigerator. Yeah, Sorry. gives you time to brine it and get it and get it all ready to go by Thursday. So today is also the day to clean your baseboards if you're having family over. Apparently, shut up. <laughs> so if you're going what to someone's nasty house, job. Be sure to compliment them. Listen, I'm so glad that generations are still doing this because I thought maybe it ended at some point. But before the family comes, I mean, your your mom or whoever will have you do things that you think nobody looks at and probably mm-hmm. doesn't. You know, Absolutely. behind the toilet, you know, you are you are scrubbing f- f- roof to bottom, and I mean it's crazy. I was paid Frantic. forty dollars to clean the baseboards. <laughs> Hands and knees go through the whole house. 
It's baseboard cleaning day, too. Oh, ain't that the truth? Yeah, and you make fun of me talking about toilets, Jerry Lynn. <laughs> Denny, well, congratulations. Happy World Toilet Day to you. Is it? Oh, that's right. It's, it's World Toilet Day. Oh, for crying out loud. Happy it, World Toilet Day, You know Day, what? It changed the Your sanitation of the world. It really and truly did. Uh, disease control. I mean, it was just amazing. I, I'm proud Jerry, to be a plumber. He's such a, he's such a plumber. Yep. <laughs> I we know. love you. We really do. And we're glad, you know, that you're somebody we can call if we've got an issue. Yeah, but I'm not coming over. I'll talk you through huh. it, but I'm not oh coming boy, over. It's got to be a heavy toilet flushing day on Thanksgiving. Yep. It's got to be. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they say Brown Friday. Have you heard that? that I story? heard that yesterday on the Home and Garden yeah. Show for the first time ever in <laughs> my life. Thank you, Allison Lemons, for pointing it out to us. It, it's when the plumbing systems oh, have been man. stressed to the max because, you know, Uncle Wally comes over and he doesn't have yeah. a high fiber diet for sure. <laughs> well, it is a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Not a cloud in the sky. It is 50 degrees, and that ain't bad. It's be really beautiful. So, whatever you're doing today, as more and more holiday shows and events begin to happen, and they are happening, I saw that the Children's Museum opened their winter fair yesterday, or maybe it's even today. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but it's open. And uh, lots of other events as well over at the Festival of Trees. Lots of traditions. And one of those traditions during this four-day holiday that's coming up, busy travel time as well, but the day after Thanksgiving is a big day for folks to hit the tree farms and get their trees, whether they have just been cut or you want to cut your own tree. But we seem to have a lot of good, really good ones. I'm not even going to pick one, but we've got some terrific tree farms in our area and Denny any tips that you might have I would say you first of all you got to know your family if you've got young kids it's probably better to go with the pines and the firs because the needles are soft and they don't jab the kids if you you don't have that then you know the spruce trees they're really really pretty and you can tell how they've been groomed and trimmed up the other thing is is don't buy too big of a tree remember Chevy chase uh in christmas vacation it was just so tall you got to leave if you don't have a big topper leave about six inches at the top remember that's the warmest part of the room and the other thing is where you set your tree don't put it near a register or if you do put a register block that sucker off because it'll just dry out the tree yeah it will but um when you bring it home you get it home first thing you do butt cut uh, you cut you you cut off maybe an inch off the bottom because it's already sapped over and it's the the tree sees it as a wound so it puts out like a sticky substance to sort of keep all the moisture in but then it can't wick up the moisture what what we do is we do a quick butt cut get it in water right away because the water is wicked up just underneath the bark on the outside um, you know circumference of the wood but that's what we're looking for but really it all depends on if you got kids or not pines and firs are are really great um you just got to be careful about spruce trees because they'll jab you every time i know it oh but they're beautiful and the smell oh isn't it nice yeah it is really nice thank you denny you it bet. is uh 11 12 and for some it is uh, uh you know for a lot of let me start here it's never really easy having a family member or a friend deployed but it can be even emotion emotionally challenging during thanksgiving and the holidays for those that serve too denny smith has that story coming up next right here on 93 wibc Thank you to our birthday girl, Kylan Talley, 24 years old today. 24 years old. Remember when you were 24? Uh, I don't. 
Um, it was that long I ago. Noted, I'll remember. We had our first yeah. child when I was 24, and I thought, oh my gosh, is this it? How about that? Yeah. Kylan's going to have a 24-hour birthday party. Cool. I'm sure going to try to. That's the only way to celebrate 24 <laughs> years old, right? Like Margot Robbie. She's going to do 24 hours birthday. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, listen, thank you all so much for joining us this morning. It's never easy having a family member and a friend deployed. And um, November is National Military Families Appreciation Month. And Thanksgiving can be a little difficult for families. But also for those that can't be home for the holidays while serving our country thousands of miles away. Here's Denny Smith. Joining us now is an old friend, a retired captain and aviator in the United States Navy. A fellow who's also a board member of the Salvation Army and who has joined us for a couple of dozen years on the WIBC Radiothon. Don Steele, thanks for taking some time to talk with us today. Oh, Denny, thank you, and thanks for all of your years of help with the WIBC. A fellow who's also a board member of the Salvation Army and who has joined us for a couple of dozen years on the WIBC Radiothon. Don Steele, thanks for taking some time to talk with us today. Oh, Denny, thank you, and thanks for all of your years of help with the WIBC Radiothon for the Salvation Army. Their programs impact veterans like me in so many different ways. It's sneaking up on us, Don, but hey, listen, let's talk about that. When you were active duty in the military, you were subject to call 24 hours a day as a pilot, and that included holidays such as Thanksgiving. And look back on your career for us as a pilot in the Navy. Is there a Thanksgiving day that you remember being away from home? Very, very definitely. I'll tell you, my first deployment after I finished flight school and got my wings early in 1977, I got picked to go to a squadron up in Brunswick, Maine. And uh, after going to Navy Justice School to be a legal officer also for this squadron, we began a six-month deployment in October of 1977, where we were split between the Naval Station at Rhodes, Spain, about 40 miles north of Gibraltar, and a field called Lodges in the Portuguese Azores Islands. So you were there for Thanksgiving. If you deployed in October, you were there. Yeah, we were. And it was, you know, at the time, I'd been married just uh, about two and a little over two years. We had a Thanksgiving in November of 1977. I think my oldest son was 19 months. And and it was a tough deployment. You were back in the late 70s, Denny, kind of the post-Vietnam wind down. So morale was pretty poor and our we were not flying the safest airplanes in the world because just of a lot of cuts in maintenance type spending in the 1970s. But as uh, as I thought about it, Denny, in many ways, I think sometimes it's tougher these days with cell phones and emails and FaceTime. In my day, you know, it took two to three weeks to get a letter. There was no email. Phone calls were brutally expensive. And we were allowed one, it was called MARS, the Military Amateur Radio System. They were ham radio operators here in the U.S. that would help us with about a five or six minute call where I'd say, you know, I love you, dear, over. So they weren't really, they weren't really, they really really weren't too more. And, and, And during that deployment, I'd save my one phone call on MARS for Christmas. Uh, and, and, and so for Thanksgiving, you know, we were in Rhodes, Spain, and, and there were several factors. You know, in, in my first month of flying over there, we almost crashed. It was the closest I ever came to. A, we were trying to land in 140 knot winds in the Azores. So that had kind of puckered everybody up of uh, being away and having a very definite near miss. So when it came to Thanksgiving, we're flying over in Spain. My crew signed up for like a three to four hour, just a, a, a simple short flight. And uh, so the night before Thanksgiving, there was no happy hour, you know, no bottle to throttle. We had to be careful of that. 
But we actually, to keep ourselves busy, you know, volunteered for a, a quick patrol on Thanksgiving Day just to kind of get our minds off of being well, away from Well, let's go life. back to your experience. How do you think people in the service respond to holidays when they're away from home? Everybody has their quiet thoughts. You guys probably tried to get rid of the boredom just by taking a, a short flight gig. What do you think most people were thinking around Thanksgiving there? Oh, it, it, it's tough. And, it's, and again, in some ways, these days, where you can communicate so easily with the family, I think it would be tougher. You know, it, back in the, in the 70s and really into the mid to late 80s before fax machines and things like that, how you were keeping in touch on that holiday away, that Thanksgiving away, were, were just some three-by-five pictures. Oh, my gosh. Getting the mail from your family. There was no phone call, no no FaceTime. And really, you you had to kind of struggle, kind of in boats and ships. We call it keeping your eyes in the boat and keeping your, in an aircraft, is keeping your eyes on your airspeed. That's exactly right. Fly (laughs) the aircraft. Well, what about each other? Were you supporting each other? Were you remembering Thanksgivings? You You know, that's a pretty grueling being away from home, but being without communication to home is almost as tough. Oh, it was. It was. And so there, there was a lot. You get into a lot of, uh, there weren't a lot of us that had, had started families back in those days. And we, in those days, we still had significant n- number of, of single people. And it, it just in different ways, uh, what we tried to do later on in squadrons I was in was especially for our younger people, you know, after I'd been in three, four, five different squadrons, the family gets a little bit more accustomed to me being away for one of these holidays. You know, we would put on like a squadron, a turkey dinner, or we'd have a little exchange of gifts like under a buck or two to kind of simulate a little bit and be kind of the family away from the family to kind of keep people's heads up. You know what? It's it's pretty tough. Thanksgiving is, is one holiday of many, Don. Were there others that you recall while you were flying for the Navy that you were called away from home during a holiday? Yeah, and I'll tell you the toughest, and it was it was right during the elections in 1992, you know, when, when Bill Clinton beat George Bush, there were some issues really developing in Yugoslavia in that civil war. And so we got a notice as a reserve squadron, they want us to cover about 30 weeks because the active duty squadrons were busy doing the end of the Cold War stuff. So my commanding officer, I was the executive officer, the number one at the time, the commanding officer took off and his crew covered Thanksgiving. My crew, we left Christmas Eve. In oh, Don, Christmas and, and Eve? Was, yeah, Christmas Eve. So I got up to Detroit where my squadron was, got my crew, and we flew over to Sicily uh, in, the, in the Mediterranean where we based our missions to go into the Adriatic. But it was uh, – that one, uh, you know, at that, at that time, you know, we'd had all five of our kids. And my oldest at that time was probably 16 or 17. So we did uh, Christmas Eve on December 23rd and, and December 24th, loaded up and got back towards the end of January for my crew. Yeah, that one for the family, because they, were they weren't babies anymore. That one was tough. 30 weeks, yeah. is that's, that is a long time. That's seven, eight months almost. So you were the EO. I know your wife, Allison. How did you break the news to Allison that you weren't going to be there for Christmas? Well, I, did, I had a choice. I could be honest about it, or I'd probably deal with a marital property settlement. So I, I went with the... <laughs> I went with the, the, the being honest about it, but it's, uh, I met her 50 years ago when I was at, at the Naval Academy. We got married 48 years ago. It, it amazes me. But so with her and her kids, of course, beyond Christmas, Thanksgiving, lots of birthdays missed. 
But one, Denny, I got to tell you real quick, the 4th of July in 1972, I was on the Navy ship. We docked in Denmark. There was an unbelievable 4th of July celebration going on in the whole country. And it's their thank you for our troops in World War II. Wonderful. And, and plus a lot of Danish. But on that 4th of July in 1972, we're out of Copenhagen. I'm with about 100 different sailors. The masters of ceremony were Danny Kay and Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and, and so, of course, that, that, was, that was before I'd met my dear spouse. And they say gotten married and had a family. And for about 100, 150 of us off the ship, that was pretty cool. Before I let you go, give me your thoughts for this Thanksgiving. What's Don Steele oh, thankful for? My gosh, just what we've been talking about, my family. The five kids, we got four in-laws, the six grandkids, and their freedom. But really, those of us that were our marriages that have survived these this military life that uh, many men and women take on, especially the spouse, Allison, 50 years of dealing with uh, me disappearing on all this Navy duty and being there when I came back. Don Steele, thanks for sharing some time with us. Uh, I look forward to uh, sharing a mic with you again at the Salvation Army Radiothon. That'll be the 8th and 9th of December, so you get that on your calendar, boss. I've got it there. Take care, Denny. I appreciate your interest in the those of us that have served overseas. Thanks a lot, Don. Take great. care, man. Bye-bye. Just a great conversation. He's a great human being. He truly is. You know. I mean, he is a truly is one in a million, and we are so grateful for Don Steele. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, coming up. Thank you, Denny. Coming up, 60 years ago this week, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. 23-year-old filmmaker and composer Ashton Gleckman from Carmel directed an eight-part docuseries titled Kennedy. It began last night. It is fantastic. It will continue tonight and also Monday. We'll talk to him about what he learned about JFK when we return 93 WIBC This is music by composed by Ashton Gleckman from right here in Central Indiana. You know, I've done thousands of interviews in my 30 decades here at WIBC. That's the truth. But one that stands out is a young man I talked to in 2020 about his award-winning Holocaust film titled We Shall Not Die Now. Well, Kylan and I had a chance to talk to 23-year-old filmmaker and composer Ashton Gluckman from Carmel about his eight-part docuseries presented by the History Channel. It's titled Kennedy, which he directed. It is a pleasure to talk to you. I remember that interview, and it's, it's so great to be back. I hope you're doing well. I am, and I'm glad that we get to spend a few minutes with you. Congratulations. Ashton, a filmmaker, music composer, founder of Blackbird Pictures, but a whole lot of different hats working on this docuseries, which you began filming at the age of 20? Yeah, in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, which was quite the experience. <laughs> November 22nd, 1963, 60 years ago, our 35th president, John F. Kennedy, was assassinated. Still to this day, Ashton, I think most believe there's been a cover-up and the public has still not been told the truth. What did you want to do with your story? Well, the more I began to look into the documentaries that had been made on JFK, eventually when I got to 100 documentaries that had been made about the assassination, I decided very early on that it, it, I wasn't going to make another documentary about Dallas because those have been made in such a huge number. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, the entry point to JFK is Dallas because it's such a historic moment and it changed the entire course of history in the U.S. It wasn't just an assassination. It was something that completely changed the world. I mean, similarly, in many ways, to 
the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. and Bobby Kennedy in 1968, a key year. But I think the Kennedy assassination is so difficult for us in 1963 is because we have this president that we all admired, and he had guided the country through perhaps the most difficult, dangerous moment in our history, which was the Cuban Missile Crisis. And yet he's shot in cold blood in the middle of the streets in Dallas in public. And I think for us, after that, facing that kind of a reality, um, it brought a level of sort of this disturbing realism into American society where we had to ultimately, you know, we went into Vietnam and then we went into Watergate. And then there were um, a lot of critical issues that happened during the late 60s and, and uh, 70s. So it was really a, a changing point. But I think the reason why we're still so interested in it is because Kennedy, you know, caught our imaginations. He inspired people. And that's why we keep looking back. Tell us, where did you go? Who did you talk to for the docuseries? So I basically selected, you know, the biggest range of historians and Kennedy family members, politicians, people that were on the ground during the civil rights movement and the Bay of Pigs. I tried to basically capture the widest array of perspectives as I could so that the documentary could really feel like it's fresh and like people are getting some new perspectives that they might not have heard before um, in any documentary up to date. So that was really the key uh, entry point for me. And so that meant traveling around the country and I went to 25 different states, and um, the first leg of filming, for example, was a month and a half of the driving tour part. So we rented a car and then first drove all the way up to the top of New York and then started working our way down and across the East Coast and went to Washington and New York and, and um, you know Philadelphia and um, Virginia, so all over the East Coast. And that really, I think, was a, a pivotal part of the project was just going out there and really talking to all the people and uh, ended up capturing 170 hours of footage. Wow. So then it was time to edit. And that was a huge, it was a huge job. Kylan Talley also joining us now. Kylan? Ashton, you learned a lot about Kennedy, all of the different point of views that people were able to give you. Could you talk on some of the inspirations that you gained from learning about Kennedy and then how how this point of view that Kennedy takes on all of these different situations and how we could use some of Kennedy's, his mindset in today's life? I think the thing that I grew to really admire about Kennedy, especially in, you know, audiences will see this in the second half of the show during the uh, president during the presidential section. So the second half of the series is basically his time in the administration and he faces this huge range of problems. It's crisis after crisis, moment after moment. And the one thing that's remarkable about Kennedy is he's a, he's a learner. He's someone who sits there in the Oval Office and listens to others and is able to take responsibility when he makes a mistake. And ultimately, he becomes receptive to the movements that are happening throughout the country. Kennedy would not have been in a place in 1963 where he would have supported the civil rights movement had it not been for those activists that were in the streets in Birmingham and throughout the country. So to be a president, it's, it's not to go in there and say that you know everything and that you're the leader because you were elected. And it's nothing like that. It's much more so having the the courage to to listen, to take responsibility, and to approach things with a sense of patience and um, really thinking things through. And so I think, uh, you know, for our modern leaders and for, for uh, you know, others involved in politics, there's a lot to learn from Kennedy's character as a leader. And uh, I really tried to bring that out in the show. Ashton, are there some facts that you were able to expose that perhaps not many of us know? Yeah, I really tried to, for example, in episode two, I really tried to unpack the, the, the true scope of what happened in World War II with Kennedy, uh, with PT-109. So episode two is like a really pivotal part 
of um, the series because it's the moment where he really comes of age in a way. Out in the Pacific, in the middle of shark-infested waters, he's swimming in the middle of the night, miles, tugging a crewmate who's been badly burned. And, um, you know, he goes out in the middle of the night with a lantern looking for help. Mm. This is really the moment where the, the, the rich, uh, privileged kid from Massachusetts becomes, in many ways, the Kennedy that we will later know as JFK. You know, that was also a key point. Is like we, we have the image in our head of the iconic JFK, those classic images of him as a president mm-hmm. in the suits and tie. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't always that way. I had to ascend into that. And did you get all of your answers to your questions that you were looking for when you were out there creating the docuseries? Well, I think the thing about JFK that even to this day, after three years of doing this, he is an enigma. And I think he will always be an enigma. He had a mystery about him. And even the people that knew him when he was alive talked about that mystery. There was always something underneath that people didn't really, he had this great charisma and personality, but he was a mystery. He had this whole other part about him where he was a historian in many ways. He was someone who read nonstop and I think in many ways was able to step out of situations at many points and see himself in history, which I think is a really interesting point. And I think um, the thing about JFK that keeps us making films about him and writing books is the fact that that mystery will never sort of die out. And so this is just, you know, my latest trying to come to grips with uh, him and his legacy and really what that means for us today. Can't wait to see it. Carmel, Indiana's Ashton Gluckman, filmmaker, music composer, founder of Blackbird Pictures, based here in Indy, and the director of Kennedy, presented by the History Channel, eight-part docuseries chronicling the life, legacy, and leadership of John F. Kennedy. Ashton, it's so great to talk to you again. Congratulations on your success. We're sure proud of you, my friend. Thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. I'll see you sometime soon. Bye-bye. He is one in a million. He truly is incredible, and he's a Hoosier, and uh, that series began last night. It is fantastic. There were three episodes last night. Tonight, you'll see three episodes as well. Final two airing tomorrow at 8 p.m. That is on the History Channel. Do not miss it. It is really, really well done. Denny, you remember that, don't you? The assassination 60 years ago? And it, It was 1963. I believe it was a Friday, but I can't remember. I was in the sixth grade, and Mr. Hooper stopped class for just a second, and Miss Wilson, who was the third grade teacher, came in, and she was crying. And so a lot of the kids, the, you could tell the emotion was charged up, and a lot of the kids started crying. They didn't even know why they were mm-hmm. crying. And she spoke to Mr. Hooper for about a minute, and then she stayed in the class, and Mr. Hooper said, uh, boys and girls, the president has been assassinated. And there was a lot of confusion in the class because we really didn't know what assassination meant. We knew about Lincoln, of course. I mean, we are in the sixth grade. But then he broke it down. He said he has been shot in Dallas and he is dead. And that just shut down the class. I mean, we didn't know what to do. You know, Denny, you, this this series is some, for, for people like you also that remember that day so well. And we are right now at the point in this series where he's in the Senate and he's starting to, to think about making that run for president. So right. I, I hope you'll a get a chance stories. to see it. Absolutely. Uh, coming up, you know, there's all kinds of holiday festivities that are about to begin, if not already. You've got Yuletide coming up. Christmas at the zoo is now. Winter Fair at the Children's Museum. And in town right now is Frozen at the Old National Center. And we'll meet Elsa next on 93 WIBC.
93 WIBC. Terry Stacy, along with Kylan Talley, Broadway in Indianapolis is bringing Disney's Frozen to the old National Center for a two-week premiere engagement with performances playing through Sunday, November 26th. Frozen stars Caroline Bowman as Elsa, and she joins us in studio. Hello, Caroline. Hi. Thank you for having me. She has a sexy voice, too. I do. Yeah. <laughs> she does it all. I do. I, I also just love being interviewed by two women. That's do really you? apropos for Frozen. Kylan, she'll be performing at, she was just in yeah. Zubu at the Indianapolis Zoo, and now she's going to be a princess, right? Yeah, I'll okay. be the ice princess for Christmas at the zoo. So, so we're both truly ice? iconic. Oh my gosh. We, we're like, we should talk uh-huh. after this about our ice castles we make. Yeah. It's Ooh, very fun. And so the kids bothering. love them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is this what all princesses do when they get together? Oh yeah, we talk it, ice. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, talk yeah. ice, especially ice ice queens and ice princesses. Come on. This film debuted in 2013. That was 10 years ago. Caroline, what were you doing 10 years ago? Actually, I was in the film. Fun <gasps> fact. Stop. Yeah. So I was a troll. A troll? I was in, I was in the in the, you upgraded. the rock troll, right? Well, I mean, who? I mean, those rock trolls might love their lives. So I sang in the uh, so. Fixer Upper, which is a song from the movie, is still in the musical, so you will hear that in the musical. I sang in the original Fixer Upper number in the movie, so Frozen has been a part of my life for since 2013, yeah. since it came out, and I had no idea what a phenomenon it would become. Like, holy moly, Frozen, and just everybody in the whole entire world knows what Frozen is. Yeah. And I, I didn't know what I was doing when I recorded a rock troll song. <laughs> I was like, what is this? What is this sweet movie? And then I went to the movie theater and I was like, oh, wow. This is amazing. Oh, that's great. And you know what? How young were you then? What was your age? Oh, we didn't, a woman never tells. Oh, I guess you're right. Especially, a pr- especially somebody a queen? like you. Uh-huh. I was yeah. young then and I'm young now. That's yes, all we need are. to know, right? So I actually was on the Avita tour. I was playing Avita, mm-hmm. another iconic role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, we should go see this movie. I think I was in it. <laughs> so, and then I saw Elsa and I heard her singing. I was like, first I was drawn to her voice because I had never heard that kind of voice in a Disney film. Yeah. Right. And just like Adina Menzel just belting her brains out. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's my girl. I was kind of taken by her story, and she's another kind of complicated woman who has to come into her own and and starts to learn how to own her power, and it's just really fun. It's really fun to play. You've and, kind of followed Adina everywhere. You were Alphaba in Wicked as well, mm-hmm. and then now you're playing Elsa? That's really cool. I wouldn't hate that if I had Adina Menzel's <laughs> career, so let's. I'm, I'm good we'll to put that out there. She's somebody I've idolized, so yeah, following in her footsteps in some way, in a small way. <laughs> yeah. So how does Elsa in Frozen rank in your career? This is the longest I've ever played a role, and I think there's a reason for that. I just can't get enough of her. I love her. I'm not bored by her. I find new things every day. And the adrenaline rush I get when I sing Let It Go every single day, I feel like I've run a mile at my fastest speed after I'm finished singing Let It Go. It just is... It takes everything out of me, and I love it. I love that challenge. I sleep so well <laughs> doing this role eight times a week. I'm pretty tired because um, I kind of give everything I got. It's a role that I haven't figured out how to let it go yet, so okay. here we are. I don't think that's a bad thing, and I don't think the kids are upset by it either. Yeah. Do you hear the little kids singing Let It Go with you? That, yeah, so too, yeah. I do. I don't recommend it. 
<laughs> but yes, there are days when I have a little singing chorus and I feel like they start the song singing it with me because they know it so well. And then by the end, they kind of leave it up to me because it's like a rock. It I feels like it. a rock concert. And like between all the magic that's happening and my dress magically changes before your eyes in one second, it's the quickest quick change I've ever had in my life. It's pretty remarkable. I think they kind of stop singing and just drop their jaws. I can't even believe how smoothly we've gotten it to run because it's a quite a technical number. You only see me out there, but there are I mean, I always say there's like 100 people making Let It Go happen. The whole entire cast is singing underneath me as like a chorus it's by the end. Beautiful. The entire crew, the orchestra, everybody's in on it, which is cool because it's the most iconic song. So they have pretty iconic to have the entire company working on that number. The musical based on the animated Oscar winning Disney film Frozen, it must be a little different from the movie, though. It's everything you love from the movie, plus 12 new songs that you have not heard before. Those songs and our storytelling kind of dive deeper into these characters and you get to really see these characters as humans and we flesh them out a little bit and you see the relationship between the sisters deeper and and their conflicts and them overcoming that and the sacrifice and the love between the sisters and we really kind of take it a step further than you see in the movie. With the movie, there are plenty of iconic quotes throughout, right? Whether it's through the songs or just through the dialogue. Do you have a favorite quote from this musical that you will stay true to yourself with? I do love, there's a a line at the end, and it's in the finale song where Anna and Elsa have finally gotten back together and Elsa's figured out how to unfreeze everything and I just love the character of Anna. I love the character of Elsa as well obviously but Anna is just so optimistic and caring and accepting and loving and she doesn't, she just wants to love her sister and at the end of the show Anna's kind of like be free, Elsa. Be free. Be who you are. We, we all love you. We're here for you. And I turn back to her and I say, the magic one is you. You're oh. the magic. And it's so special because the true magic of the show is is love. It's just kind of like icing on, t- icing on top. Oh my gosh, listen to me. I'm like a walking... <laughs> I'm a a walking frozen advertisement. But Elsa has magic coming out of her fingertips, right? But that's not the true magic of the show. The true magic that saves the day is the love between these women and these sisters. And You know, speaking of love, it is your sixth anniversary to your husband this this month, is it not? Oh my gosh. Wow, what research. I know it. it. You might be, you know, almighty. You have done your research. Congratulations. Happy wedding anniversary. What's the actual date? Um, November 25th. Next week, you'll be here in Indianapolis. But your husband, I believe, was also in Frozen or part of the tour, right? Yeah. So we when we started the tour, he was playing Prince Hans. We were on the road together for about a year with our dog and um, that was a dream come true and he's off doing other projects now and being a prince elsewhere but I have a really really great partner I'm really really grateful he's actually going to come visit so he'll be with me on our anniversary oh that's good what are you going to do on Thanksgiving day we have a company Thanksgiving so our the Frozen company put together a little we're going to go and have dinner together and be with our tour family which is lovely. What are you grateful for this Thanksgiving? I am grateful for health and family. Kylan? I had let it go, stuck in my head on my car ride over, and one of the quotes that stood out to me, the fear that once controlled me can't get to me at all. You've had all of these other performances in your resume, but have you conquered any fears with this Frozen 
musical? Oh my gosh, every day. All of humans walk through life with fear that we have to conquer. And I think after having having this job in 2019, having it kind of pulled away from me in the pandemic, and I was really afraid after the pandemic to come back to the show. I thought I had lost mm. it. I was so, so afraid. And I, I lived with my parents during the pandemic. We didn't have a home. And I was trying to practice singing Let It Go in the basement before we came back from the pandemic. And I I couldn't do it. Like I was like, oh my gosh, my voice isn't working. I've lost it. I can't oh. do it. I can't. And I've I had sung to my computer screen for 18 months doing Zoom Zoom concerts and as much as doing as much performing as I could. And I was so afraid to come back to this and not have it anymore. And then I stepped into the rehearsal room and the first day I sang Let It Go for the entire company, I was able to do it. I just like sang the song and my husband came up and like swooped me up and he was like, we're not doing Zoom anymore. And my whole cast like was so supportive. And what I realized was I needed I needed the company. I needed the community. I needed support. I was not alone. I think I was so, you get so wrapped up in whatever's going on inside of you and you forget that you have support and you can ask for what you need. And and I was so uplifted by the company. I was strengthened by them and I could do it. That fear, I overcame that. And I still remind myself on days when I'm really tired or days when I'm, I don't think I can do it. I always think back to that and I'm like, oh no, you got this. I can do you it. You got this. What would you like people to leave with, whether it's from Frozen or else go into Thanksgiving with? Tell the people you love, you love them. Every chance you get. If you come to Frozen, I hope that... If there's something in your life you need to release, you can feel empowered to release it. Caroline Bowman, who's bringing the magic of Elsa to stage here in Indianapolis. Performances until November 26th. Go to indianapolis.broadway.com for tickets and for more information. Thank you, Caroline, for spending some time with us. Thank you. IU takes on UConn at noon. Pre-game is next on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.